Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. The FT. When my daughter and her musician boyfriend were heading to Glastonbury this year, I dug out, just for myself, some old photos of the festival back in the day. Dreamlike images of absurdly young people with preposterous hair, well beyond the shoulders, and that was only the boys, in a churned-up field in what we then thought was a crowd. Compared with today's packed hordes, it was nothing. I realised, though, that of all the things we couldn't then have imagined, from glamping in luxury yurts to branded sweatshirts, top of the list were some of the performers. If someone had told me then that many years later two of the leading acts would be women of 68, I mean, of course, those musical greats Debbie Harry and Dolly Parton, I'd never have believed it. Back then, women in their late 60s had permed iron-grey hair, knitted a lot and talked mainly to other people's babies, or so with all the cruelty of youth we thought. In the intervening decades, though, women in all branches of the arts have made flourishing late careers or maintained the success of their youth far beyond anything that would previously have been expected. Think of actors Maggie Smith and Judi Dench, both 80 this year and more in demand than ever. Or choreographer Gillian Lynn, about to remake one of her best-known creations, Cats, at 88. Or artist Bridget Riley splashed across the London media for a London show of mostly new work at the age of 83. In the literary world, this seems nothing new. I was always under the belief that George Eliot had started writing very late. Actually, she was 37. This shows the relativism of age. That seemed pretty ancient at the time. Now we have the example of Penelope Fitzgerald, whose first novel appeared when she was 60. She won the Booker Prize just three years later, in 1979. Or Anita Bruckner, first book at 53, Booker at 57. Or more recently, the previously little-known American short story writer Edith Perlman, who suddenly emerged a couple of years ago to scoop several of the hottest awards in the US at the age of 75. This phenomenon if I'm not making too big a claim for it, got its first official stamp in 2000 at the opening of Tate Modern in London. So many years in the planning, such an important marker for contemporary art. Think of the soul-searching there must have been about the opening show. They could have pulled in any artist in the world. Yet the artist of choice was an 88-year-old woman, Louise Bourgeois. Quite a significant statement for a temple of the new. This is not to suggest, of course, that Bourgeois was an unknown, by that time far from it, but her career had been almost a prototype of this trend, consisting as it did of a long middle age of no special renown, followed by a spectacular late run, with work that became, if anything, freer and more ambitious, ever more inventive. She died at 98, just as yet another huge international exhibition was about to open. There's a U-shape to many such female careers. 
Bridget Riley had tabloid-level celebrity in the 1960s, but by the 1980s found herself marginalised, only to re-emerge after another couple of decades as a star name. And Yayoi Kusama, who was born in 1929, currently one of the art market's hottest properties, also had a glittering useful moment in the New York art scene of the 1960s, followed by many middle-aged years of comparative neglect. Both these women stayed true to their early vision and both show more than anything the value of just simply keeping going. The world came back to them rather than vice versa. So what's going on here? Of course beautiful and interesting young women artists are likely to get a keen reception. No surprises there. But in a world slavishly devoted to usefulness, are middle-aged women just intrinsically boring? Do we only get interesting again in late age, when we no longer remind people uncomfortably of their mothers? The Viennese artist Maria Lasnig, who died just a few months ago at 94, only garnered any real recognition in her late 60s, but ended her life as one of Europe's most sought-after talents. Or perhaps we're looking at the particular life circumstances of women born in the first part of the 20th century. Successful creators, like successful criminals, need means, motive and opportunity. Motive is hardly a problem. But means and opportunity? However self-denying one is, there's a basic requirement of money and time. Just being able to sell a work was a huge hurdle for some of these women early on. And public galleries with their male curators were often uninterested. Now, galleries of all sorts fall over themselves for women artists, keen to show their coolness, keen to cater to a newly hungry market. And time is essential. Not just the freedom from one's children, but also sometimes from other family members. The artist Paula Rego, now highly successful at 79, looked after her older and then much better known artist husband, Victor Willing. Only after his death did Rago step into her own limelight and find her real subject matter, which my colleague Jackie Wulschlager once identified, in the case of many of these older women artists, was rage. But there's something else too, something interior. It's about psychological permission, about allowing yourself to strive and be successful. For women of those generations... Perhaps only the post-maternal, post-sexualised self could grasp at the freedoms all creative people need. Those internalised barriers are something that most young women, thank goodness, can't even imagine today. If feminism did anything, it did that. It also created a vastly more receptive climate of wider opinion. Maria Lasnig at 90, Riley entitled one of her exhibitions It's Art That Keeps One Ever Young. Perhaps it does, or perhaps it celebrates the fact that we're not. For more downloads, go to ft.com forward slash podcasts. Did you know the Capital Ideas podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin? Through the words and experiences of investment professionals, you'll discover who was their best mentor, what's a mistake they made that changed their approach, and how do they find their next great idea. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Published by American Funds Distributors, Inc., 